When it comes to being an expression of yourself in the world, what I want to see from people is that we take great care of ourselves, that we learn to be kind and compassionate, not just to other people as a quote-unquote conscious leader. If I can't do that for myself, then I'm not really truly able to have compassion for other people. In this day and age, we're all being shown examples of more narcissistic styles of leadership. I'm hoping the historical perspective on it will be that that was a time where we woke up, where we saw this is not to our liking, and that I did the work to become a strong voice and everything counts. How we are in our immediate surroundings gets reflected out onto the world. Welcome to Free Your Inner Guru. I'm your host, Laura Tucker. Last week, I had a chance to sit down and do some visioning for the podcast and started to develop a framework for Free Your Inner Guru. I love frameworks. I use them all the time in my coaching because they provide a foundation, a structure, if you will, for clarity and creativity. Seven major themes that we're going to call channels emerged from a review of past episodes and a notebook I've been keeping for the past couple of years. I love the metaphor of a channel because we can tune in to one or all of these channels to guide ourselves from within. Conscious leadership is one of the seven channels. So what is conscious leadership? For starters, it's a style of leadership that requires self-awareness and a strong desire to empower others. Conscious leaders embody their message and wherever possible, guide others towards outcomes where all parties benefit. In the summer, I was invited to join Nina Greninglow-Reyes of Communications Rebel and host of the Women's Hour on Radio Regent, where I live in Toronto. She wanted to interview me about conscious leadership and the Free Your Inner Guru movement to guide ourselves from within. I was fortunate to receive a recording of the interview and would like to share it with you. So the tables are turned. The host and the interviewer is being interviewed. Here we go. Good morning and welcome to the Women's Hour on Radio Regent. My name is Nina Grenning-Loreyes and I'm your host for this hour. Today our guest is Laura Tucker. Laura is a leadership coach, a transformational speaker and the host of the Free Your Inner Guru podcast. She has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs and business leaders navigate the challenges of leadership while remaining true to their authentic values. Laura's mission is to coach leaders to navigate the continuum between ego and authenticity. Her signature approach involves helping leaders connect with their inner wisdom to understand when they have a responsibility to use their voice. Laura is featured in Enlighten Us, a CNN film um, that's on Netflix too, a documentary about the self-improvement industry. She lives in Toronto, but her coaching knows no geographical limits. Welcome, Laura, to the show. Thank you for having me, Nina. It's a pleasure to be here. Really happy to have you here. And um, the first thing that came to my mind when I was preparing questions, um, I was thinking, as your leadership coach, what is your personal definition of leadership? Well, it's a definition that is always evolving as I evolve as a leader in my own right and, and as a coach. But to me, leadership, it's obviously a huge topic today because of examples of leadership that we have in the world. And for me, leadership 
is a conversation around showing up, being authentic, and also moving towards personal mastery as you have an impact on other people. I believe it's very important to stay in a growth mode yourself for reasons that we'll probably talk about at length because there's a, a hook back and um, to whether or not you are leading from the heart or from a sense of purpose and value versus being more of a narcissistic type of leader. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, I definitely uh, find that continuum, as you say it, between ego and um, purpose, a purpose-driven approach, um, very, very, very interesting. Um, and uh, in in your work, you, I think you call it authentic leadership or conscious leadership. Um, and I, I'm curious on why you see the need for this different approach to leadership or maybe an alternative approach to leadership as opposed what, to what we might or what we might associate with leadership traditionally? Why is it so important? And maybe also, why is it so important in this day and age? So what we're seeing in the world right now is a, is a huge expression of traditional dominant, more masculine style of leadership. And when I say masculine, I'm not necessarily distinguishing based on gender, like male and female. Right. Um, it's more about a type of energy and a style. Because I know even from my own experience and the way that I used to operate, I operated in a very masculine style while I was in the corporate world, while I was um, in my early days of my own career and my own journey. Mm -hmm. So it's not, so when we look at leadership today, I was thinking this morning as I was getting ready to come down here, it really is important that we have some kind of a descriptor in front of leadership. Because to say I want to be a leader, certainly that means I want to have impact at its very basic core level. But then mm -hmm. it becomes what kind of impact do you want to have? Exactly. Um, I spoke recently with a psychologist um, on my podcast that you mentioned earlier, and her work helps us to understand the difference between ego-dominant, um, hubristic-style leadership versus what she's calling authentic leadership. But I was playing with that in my mind, thinking, well, even dominant, masculine um, egoic leaders, they're being very authentic. They're being their true selves. Um, they may not even be able to consider other people as an ability. So I think it, that's why I choose conscious because conscious implies some kind of awareness, some kind of intent behind that word to raise consciousness as we lead versus either the status quo, which is not working, we're seeing that very, very clearly, or lowering um, the, the quality of life for people around us for our own personal gain. And that's, right. that's the continuum. And we're all built very differently um, and land differently on our own place on that continuum. And then my work has evolved because of my own personal experience. Um, it has evolved to really take a look at where people are and help them or guide them if that's their intent to make sure that they're staying along that more authentic heart um, felt um, engaged and aware style of leadership. Right. Um, so the way that you describe it to me too, 
Uh, I feel that there, there, it has to, a lot to do with self-reflection and being aware, not just of the world around us, but really also being aware of how we act in the world and how we are being perceived and what we, like you said, what type of impact do we want to make? So there's a lot of um, reflection um, probably involved with that, which I find um, very, very interesting. Um, and we mentioned your podcast, um, Free Your Inner Guru. Um, you, you talk about this conscious leadership, leadership being associated with reclaiming your voice and being um, aware um, so tell us a little bit more about how you arrived at this point in your life where you are in a place where, where you are leading others to, on this journey to becoming a conscious leader. And, and how, do you, how are you in that journey? How, because it's a constant evolvement on your part as well. I know it's a very difficult question. It's a probably, huge but, question. Yeah, but I think what I'm getting at is, Tell us a little bit more about how you arrived here and then also, you know, what are the challenges in being, doing the work that you do? Sure. So I guess the best place for me to start is to share a little bit of my own journey or my own story. Um, the shortest way to describe my own trajectory as far as career and, and business is to go back to the beginning when I was at first a primary junior teacher then a high school teacher. And, uh, and then I left teaching when it, it just wasn't the right environment for me. I loved the kids. I loved teaching. I learned the hard way that I'm not, I don't thrive in a, in a union environment. I need to be in a, a merit-based. And, and that's how I discovered that I was entrepreneurial at heart. And so then I went into um, a corporate training, then to sales, then to my own business. So I came from this world, which is very, um, I never, I didn't used to think of it this way, but the teaching world, my, my mom, my aunts, there's a lot of teachers in my family. Right. Very, so very, um, you know, nurturing, very kids first, very, you know, it, it just was the only way I really knew how to be. And then when I, I moved into the business world, I ended up in a highly competitive sales position. And after a number of years, the first several were extremely successful. But then I found out when there was an event in my own life that caused me to connect to my values. And, and we often learn by contrast. Right. So there was a, an unexpected death of somebody very young in our family. And the time that I needed to go be there because it was out of town, it was at cross purposes with the va with not the values necessarily of the company I was working for, but definitely the um, agenda of my immediate um, leader who was my boss. And so I fell out with mm -hmm. that environment and that's how my own initial first business was born. So I had experience of very, very opposite, um, polar opposite leadership styles long before I ever gave leadership a thought. Mm -hmm. So that would be unconscious leadership, right, a really right, great definition yeah. of un being completely um, not aware of what was happening, but knowing at a visceral level what worked for me, what didn't work for me. Um, then Several years later, and I guess it's coming up on 10 years ago now, um, I was, my first business was consulting in the automotive industry. And if you recall, 10 years ago, we were going into what became known as the Great Recession. Right. 
And my clients were experiencing challenges that they'd never experienced before. What was was relatively, it's not an easy industry. It's not an easy thing to deliver on a day-to-day basis, but every everything turned into no. And I realized that I needed, in order to keep my value, I needed to go and get some additional tools. So that's when my own personal development journey began. Right. And it was on that journey that I had an equally wonderful and equally horrible experience of leadership. And and that's what's in the uh, the documentary Enlighten Us that is the the subject. And uh and what happened was that I became um very involved in the world of self-development. My um I'm not sure what how He was the leader. He Mm -hmm. was in charge. Um, His name was James Arthur Ray and or is James Arthur Ray. And the courses that I was taking over 18 months were of tremendous benefit to me personally. However, there were some things with the leadership style that were being expressed that I was completely unaware of to -hmm. the point where looking back, the signs were there, but I had missed them because I just wasn't aware on that level. So one thing led to another, and our final retreat, um, this was a week-long retreat in Sedona, Arizona. There were over 50 people there. Uh, we participated in um, a ceremony that was meant to um, be about rebirth and transformation and going out you know, mm-hmm. to, to end off a, a really arduous week of inner work. Mm-hmm. And uh, the intent was after that, we would go out into the world and do, you know, express our personal values and leaderships as hopefully, you know, conscious leaders. Right. And the absolute worst outcome possible happened. We, we, the ceremony we did was called a sweat lodge. It's a native ceremony. And, uh, and one thing led to another. It's nearly impossible to explain. So I don't even try now that there's a 90 minute documentary about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but three people lost their lives which is the polar opposite. So that sent me mm-hmm. on a journey, um, in part a journey of despair and grief and anger and shame. And it's been in the aftermath of that that I've had to really learn about, uh, I haven't had to, I've chosen to learn about what makes people tick as leaders, how can I make something meaningful of this experience? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I had been a coach prior to that, but I stopped for about five years. And in retrospect, it was good for everybody that I stopped. I walked away. It was like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. But my return to coaching um, several years ago was um, very, very interesting and well-timed. And the documentary came along and I had completely lost my voice. I would not have been able to sit here, do what we're doing. Um, it was through the documentary that telling, t- t- speaking about these things that I hadn't spoken about in, you know, five or six years at that time, it awoke, so- it woke something up inside me um, that helped me let it go as I was releasing it out into the world. Right, but it really helped me to revisit it and then think, okay, now that I have no control over what I've said and how it's going to be used in the world, what do I make of it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And over the the year or two where it came out, first on uh, you know film festivals, then on CNN, now on Netflix, it became apparent. Well, the movie's great as far as a reference point, but it doesn't do the heavy lifting of getting out there and talking about 
conscious leadership mm-hmm. and how do we um, – it does a great job of showing how leadership can um, deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's what led me to starting the podcast. And initially the podcast was – it was me using my voice. It was, it was about me in a sense, like the motivation for it. And it, it became practice and I'd have people on. We'd talk about things like survivor's guilt. We'd talk about things like the healing journey. Mm-hmm. And then as it's evolved – What's exciting to me is it's becoming a place where I'm having people that I consider to be conscious leaders on there. And my intent for it has shifted so that it's a, a really soft landing place for people to come and hear what does an authentically conscious, um, not ego-based leader sound like, mm-hmm. feel like, what are their stories and how do the feedback that I've had has been, um, it's made me think about as I emerge as a leader, how I'm going to conduct myself and manage my own ego. And for mm-hmm. me, that it's similar to the type of feedback I get from my coaching clients. But for me, that's the best form of feedback because it says that I'm... And something that I've created and where I'm bringing people together is having that kind of an impact, no matter how small, because Mm -hmm. everything counts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have to realize that as we're all leaders in our own ways and um, increasingly we need to become aware that we're all followers. Look at what social media has engendered in Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. So how do we navigate that relationship between who am I leading, who am I impacting, who am I following? And is it in alignment with my true values? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story so openly and uh, authentically, um, because I think it will touch a lot of um, just, you know, saying that from my own experience hearing your story, I'm I'm deeply touched and I've, I'm inspired by it. And I feel like um, it helps me uh, really becoming conscious every day around how I want to be in this world and what kind of impact I want to make. And um, you're absolutely right. I think it's a it's a very important observation that uh, social media has changed the way that we live and interact so much. And there is a lot of the dichotomy between leader, ego-driven uh, um, or even or even even if it's not ego-driven, but it's that type of you know wanting to be heard and seen and you're posting to whom and what is it that what impact do you make even if it's unconsciously how can you become conscious about that and then also yes we're followers we're following so many people we're seeing their posts we're reading their words we're we're watching their videos and how do we digest all of that information and what do we then do with that information? Because it has an effect on, on us, whether we are conscious about it or not. So I find the work that you do is, is so important and so timely in this day and age. It's, it it de- get, does get a very different flavor when you think about the whole um, you know, impact that social media and the internet in general is having on our lives. So it's it's truly important. And again, thanks for sharing your story. Oh, it's my pleasure. It used to, just for anyone who's listening, you know, it's so many people have trauma, mm-hmm. like TR, trauma, not drama, right? So, so many people have trauma. And that's what that experience in, introduced into my life. 
But one of the things that I learned through the healing journey from it was, first off, leadership is so important. So it's timely that it's one of the biggest topics out there right now. But also that it didn't bring out anything in in me that wasn't already there. And that was one of the most challenging things to eventually wrap, not just my head around, but my heart and my, my, my soul around. If that's the case, then if it was already in me, then I can face it. I can heal it. It wasn't, yes, horrible things happened. Um, great, great loss happened. But if it was already within me, then I can do the work to heal it. Right. That's a, a really good point that you bring up because my next question would be, why is it so difficult for us to become our own guru? What What is it that is maybe holding us back that keeps us from trusting our own wisdom, our own instinct and intuition? I'm, again, I'm sure that this could be a question that could be written a PhD thesis on, but in your words, what do you think or in your experience, what what makes it so difficult for us? Where are the obstacles or the challenges that we face? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that, like it or not, we all are recipients of the gift of conditioning, Right, conditioning. So true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. and uh, so we are each conditioned in our own way by by our parents, by their parents, by their the whole you know genealogy of of beliefs, and and some would even say you know encoded into the DNA, and that's not an attempt to go. I'll blame your parents. It's more about becoming aware of your conditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, which incidentally, since we already talked about it. Like that's where a lot of my shame came from. And, you know, I'm not a hundred percent clear where, who, however, but when I look back at, um, you know, being raised Catholic, um, you know, there's, there's guilt there Mm -hmm. being a fiercely independent young woman who was going to live her life, how she lived her life. And then coming up against that, you know, that whole structure of beliefs, and what's right and what's wrong, but also, you know, thinking back of, you know, my own parents, my grandparents, what made them tick. So that's one thing, but, and I, that's always been there. And, and that was a, a big thing for me to become aware of in my own time. But also now more than ever, we live in a culture of distraction. Mm-hmm. There's so many shiny objects, so many bells and whistles, so many notifications, so many people, um, whether they're aware of it or not, making promises that are just not, you can't fulfill, mm-hmm. or it's the outlier that fulfills it. And then they make that the case study. And that's that's something that happens in my own industry. Um, so that it makes it very hard to connect in when we're always up in our heads, we're constantly being inundated when really our true wisdom comes through our breath and our body and uh, our more quiet moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, let's take a musical break and give the audience a moment to pause and let all of that uh, juicy wisdom sink in. And then we'll come back after that and talk a little bit more about conscious leadership with Laura Tucker. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to the Women's Hour. We're talking with Laura Tucker today. Laura Tucker is a conscious leadership coach and we are talking about conscious leadership in general and what it means in this day and age to be an authentic leader. And um, we also talked about before the break about uh, how uh, important it is to reclaim one's own voice and how we can tap into that intuition um, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about that and um, point out that the work that you do guides people, yes, but um, it's it's probably a day to day activity. That's my assumption, right? I mean, you cannot just do it once. You cannot just do one coaching uh, or one training or one retreat and then you're good. It's it's in my understanding and how I see it. It's like a day to day activity and you're continuously like you said it's a it's a continuous growth experience so are there any is there any advice or any um, guidance that you could give to our listeners uh, in terms of how we can make this awareness or this consciousness a daily habit first of all i want to agree with what you said about the growth itself is in the integration of your experiences in your life. So you don't need to go to a retreat to become a conscious leader. You might benefit from taking a week or three days or a weekend or a day-long workshop to carve the time out in your busy, busy life for reflection and learning. I'm, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real growth happens in how well do we integrate what we learned back into our lives after the fact. And there's, there's, some, there's some inherent challenges. And one of the inherent challenges is that when, when you do go to a retreat, um, it is a rarefied atmosphere. Everyone is there for self-improvement, for learning, for leadership, for spirituality, for entrepreneurship, whatever the the main reason for being there. So you're with people who are of like mind. The energy is very high and bonds are, are very strong bonds with people are made. And for me, I recall feeling like, oh my gosh, these are, these are my, this is my tribe. Yeah. And, uh, but then it's over and you go back home and you go into your normal um, everyday existence and there's contrast. Mm -hmm. And I'm very fond of a saying, environment always wins. Mm -hmm. So that can bring up some inherent challenges around relationships, around lifestyle, around the demands of the day, distraction like we talked about before. And the more that you can bring your environment into line or into alignment with where you want to be and who you see yourself evolving and becoming, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's a constant feeling of powering through and having to rely on willpower and so forth. And so one of the conundrums of that is that people will go to workshop after workshop after workshop after workshop. Mm-hmm to keep that feeling going. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself can be a very beneficial practice or it can become a dependency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
right? Sort of like an addiction almost. <laughs> Absolutely. We can get addicted to anything, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so there's that. But when you're aware of that, then, you know, it's not like you have to throw everything away. It's, it's about making small, and this is where the coaching comes in and why I chose to, to commit again to coaching because to me, it's that ongoing relationship and that ongoing guidance in your real life. Like people often ask me when, when they're considering coming on as a client, how much homework will I have? Mm-hmm. And I, my response is almost none because your work is your life. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to give you extra worksheets to do or a project because it's not, I, I have a program yeah. and that's one thing, but coaching is, is another. And that's always my goal is, is to support people to integrate how they're feeling, thinking, wanting to act, to construct, yes, that life they want, but also to be able to realize that they have influence in their immediate surroundings mm-hmm. and then they can take that influence out to the world. So it's a daily thing. And even on the way down here, here's a perfect example. So I got up this morning, um, I, I meditated, I got all ready, and then I, I don't know what happened to about 20 minutes there, but I was running behind. So as I was driving here, I was, I was starting to get stressed. Yeah. yeah. Right? My, my, and I know that if I'm stressed, I'm not going to show up as my best for you mm-hmm. or for the listeners. And so... There's tools that I use, and by tools, I don't necessarily mean anything physical, but awareness and breath work to like take it down a notch, sister. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you're two minutes late, because that's what we were talking about, yeah. like that was the scenario, that's not worth sabotaging yourself. So it's bringing yourself back into alignment. So it's a, it's, you have to be able to lead yourself mm-hmm. in the moment to moment. Mm-hmm before you can lead others optimally. Because think of if I showed up for you or if someone's showing up for their employee or their spouse and they're just up in their head, disconnected, frantic all the time, it's the the chances that they're in alignment with how a conscious leader shows up mm-hmm. are severely reduced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um we have a lot of women listeners because the show is the Women's Hour. So let's talk about women in leadership mm. um, a little bit. And um, I'm curious about if you see a difference in coaching women uh, versus men when it comes to conscious leadership. Um, yeah, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts around around that. And if there, if you see, you know, more women. Uh, naturally coming to you than men, or is it is it an equal kind of balance? And how do you how do you approach women in leadership? It's it's such an interesting uh, dynamic, this leadership and gender. And in my coaching practice, um, I tend to attract at least as many men as women. And, and that could be because of my past experience in the automotive, you know, when you look at some of those, those, you know, uh, credibility markers, mm-hmm. let's call it, right? So, and, and I worked exclusively with, with men in, you know, unfortunately, but that talk, that's a very male dominated environment that yeah. female car dealers are, are a huge minority 
or a very small minority is the better way to put it. Yeah. Um, so, but the men that I attract into my coaching world are, are incredible human beings and really, um, they sentient, very heart-based. So again, it comes down to, it's more about the energy of, Mm -hmm. of the person and the intent. So I resonate with people who want to make a difference, who may or may not have had some severe challenge of their own. People feel safe talking to me Mm -hmm. because I've been so, you know, out there Mm -hmm. with mine. Um, But what I see in both genders, as far as who I connect well with, is that they want to have a successful business, mm-hmm. but not at, it's all about service. And they also will have a sense of their own evolving nature and spirituality, but they might see them as two separate things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, a have spiritual practices at home and I, I'm like that with my people that I feel safe with, but I'm not overt about it in my, in my work. I, I hide it. Mm-hmm, I call mm-hmm. it being in the spiritual closet. And, and yet I know that 40% of Canadians identify as being spiritual, but not religious. Right. Right. So there's a huge disconnect there. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes across my website, reads my story or, or connects with me, they're, the risk in me being openly spiritual um, because it didn't feel very safe early on has been that when people connect with me, they are looking to see, is she in alignment? Is she, you know, walking her talk? And then how can I integrate some of that into my life without necessarily, um, you know, flying a flag or anything, Mm -hmm. but just feel better. Because when you have to show up as as three different people, one person at home, one person in your head, one person at work, this is not sustainable. Yeah, yeah. The amount of energy that is expended on nothing that moves anything forward is is tremendous. Yeah. So we don't bring our full selves to anything that we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, that that absolutely makes sense and. Uh, I I almost um, would say that you know the, the we we each have the male and female energy and, and you explained too you know how it manifested in your work and how you um, kind of used it and the question then becomes again like you said how how are you in alignment with with all of these and becoming conscious and aware about about these um, I think we probably again you know there's this societal uh assumption that women leaders tend to have a different leadership style than male leaders but i have experienced both ways i've experienced you know women who were incredibly who had an incredible male energy and were very kind of um yeah uh, they were not so in, in tune with their heart, I guess, and it was more very um, very head heavy leadership style. And then I've experienced men. Um, I had a boss who was incredibly, um, I would say, had a lot of female energy and was incredibly heart centered in the way that he was making decisions and um, leading his team. So um, again, I, I it always depends on 
you know, where, where this energy and becoming aware of this energy and where it leads us. Yeah, I think if, um, if we, even with everything, we're coming up, uh, uh, in a couple of months, we're coming up on the, the anniversary of the whole hashtag Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. So it's been quite a year for um, women. It's been for leadership in, in the news. It's all over. And I've always taken the point of view that I don't want to rule out 50% of the human race. Mm -hmm. I would like to raise the bar for anyone mm -hmm. who is interested. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter to me how they identify genetically or gender wise. It's more about the impact that you want to have in the world. And so, and that might not be, you know, popular right now, but I think the more that we can listen to one another and realize we have an entire spectrum of values being played out in this public sphere mm -hmm. and we can't polar, the moment you polarize, yes, we can learn from the contrast and the polarity, but there is a very, very powerful and populated middle that we can't lose sight of. We can't mm -hmm. only just uh, surround ourselves um, with people who are just like us. Mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it, it's not sustainable and that it limits impact. Mm -hmm. This is why I prefer looking at resonating based on values and intention. And, uh, and I understand and do practice. Pra I came out of a very male dominated, well, I've had a male dominated life. I have three brothers, you know, I was, Teacher was the only time it was female. Yeah, yeah. Until now, as a coach, but but a lot of male-dominated environments. So just like anybody else who comes up that way, you, you get taught mm -hmm. this is what success looks like. Mm -hmm. This is how it, how you have to be and think to be successful. There, you know, it's almost like that old movie, A League of Their Own. Like there's no crying in baseball. If anyone gets that reference, yeah, right. It's like there's no feelings in business. Yeah, business isn't personal, and I used to really believe that. Yeah, and uh, I was able to, you know, have tremendous results, but then I fell out of love with myself and became very depressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's no way to to be, and so that more integrated feeling what type of success feels good to you is more important in the long run because we can all chase the money to realize that for me, money has no motivational effectiveness whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It's more about the meaning and the outcome. Right. Yeah. I agree. I would agree. Absolutely. Um, so when it comes to our society though, Where do we look? I mean, your podcast is aptly named, you know, um, you, what does it become? Your inner guru? Free your inner guru. Just forgot it, what, forgot it for a second. <laughs> But it's free your inner guru. So the, the challenge I find is that um, naturally we look outside for leaders that we can look to or for people that inspire us because we... I guess we were drawn to that type of, you know, um, who can we learn from? Where can we look to in terms of um, guidance and, uh, you know, what makes sense in our life? And um, 
again, what would you say? How can we kind of reconcile this notion of, yes, you know, we're looking inwards and we want to free our inner guru, but then there are forces out there. And again, leadership in this day and age, especially in the political arena, is very, it's a very difficult thing. Where do we find that inspiration? Maybe if we're looking outside, if we want to be part of a tribe, if you will, or mm -hmm. like-minded people that pull us in the right direction or that inspire us to look into different direction. Um, how, how can we find this? Uh, how can we find this group of people? Um, where do we look for them? What do you think? Mm. Good question. <laughs> um, so the reason why it's it's hit, it's landing on me as a question of myself too, because um, I've relocated twice. Mm -hmm. Right, once I'm from Toronto, lived here until um, 2005, and then I lived away in British Columbia for nine years. So I had to come back and get connected back in mm -hmm. to Toronto, um, and those were significant nine years that happened. So I wasn't connecting in, uh, you know, in the same way as I did prior to before I left. Yeah. So it was home, but um, it was not home in so many ways. Um, The happy thing is, is that it has become home because I've had the opportunity to connect with so many, you know, heart, um, people with huge hearts here mm -hmm. and as there are everywhere. So the, we can't claim exclusive territory on people with huge hearts. <laughs> yeah, in right? Toronto. <laughs> Only in Toronto. <laughs> right? But, um, well, the first, the first thing is that I would say, because I've, I've felt that loneliness of not feeling connected into, with people who you can have that bigger conversation with. Mm -hmm. And so my first thing is that start having that bigger conversation, even if it's just with yourself. Yeah. And then start, you know, going out and, you know, if somebody's listening, who's uh, a business owner, like you or I, you know, networking, although, you know, not anyone's, well, some people it's their top of their list thing to do, but for most people it's not mm -hmm. until you can find a way and, and start to find, you know, where to connect with people who, and, and feeling the paying attention as much to the vibe and the energy, mm -hmm. even more so than maybe the veneer and, you know, the, the pitch, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you were asked formulating the question, what you were reminding me of is that we're being shown very blatantly an example and style of leadership that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. And for me, that's what it's all about. I've had to monitor how much of the news I take in for my own um, better, my own wellness. Right. I, I look enough to stay informed, but not enough to go down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So I, and it's one of the things that I work with people and I say, you know, you have to curate your mental content or somebody else will. Mm -hmm. So where you get those mental in inputs, well, it's the same with relationships and who you right. spend your time with. And so going with the flow, even if it means you have a smaller circle, um, it's a higher valued relationship mm -hmm. and, and really working to cultivate that. 
when you have that sense of belong, like we are, we are wired for connection. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important. And I've my, even myself, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have had periods of times where they feel very connected to other people around them and periods of time where, where you feel disconnected. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to being an expression of yourself in the world, what I want to see from people is that we take great care of ourselves, that we learn to be kind and compassionate, not just to other people as a, you know, quote unquote, conscious leader. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest awarenesses for my journey was that if I can't be kind to myself, if I don't have compassion and forgiveness for myself, then my ability to ha truly have it, no matter what I think of myself as a kind and compassionate person, mm -hmm. if I can't do that for myself, then I'm not really, truly able to have compassion for other people. Mm -hmm. And so balancing um, self-care with becoming very, you know, boundaried mm -hmm. and then learning to use your voice because in this day and age, we're all being shown examples of more narcissistic styles of leadership. The mm -hmm. way that that type of leadership thrives, the dominant style is by people who are from their heart staying quiet, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not using their voice, not being well-boundaried, right. not understanding the harm that it does in an organization. Mm -hmm. they, they might be great at one thing, sales perhaps, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of the charisma and the you know, audacity. Um, but there's a toxicity that is not healthy. And so we're being shown that. And I think I'm hoping the historical perspective on it will be that that was a time where we woke up, where we saw this is not, um, this is not to our liking and that I did the work mm -hmm. to become a strong voice and, you know, everything counts mm -hmm. because how we are in our immediate surroundings gets reflected out onto the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is a beautiful uh, statement for the end of our show and to let the readers, the readers, the listeners, <laughs> the listeners out into their Saturday and uh, do some of their own reflections. Um, thank you again, Laura, so much for joining us today and talk about conscious leadership. And uh, for those who want to um, check in with Laura further, uh, make sure to check out Laura's podcast, Free Your Inner Guru. You can find links to the podcast and additional resources on Laura's website, lauratucker.com. And we'll also have it on our Facebook page. Um, we make sure to link to your podcast and your website. So thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for listening. I know you have a lot of choice where you receive your inspiration and information. If today's episode resonates with you, I'd be grateful if you take a few extra seconds for three quick things. First, if there's an idea or story here that you know would make a difference in someone else's life, Follow the link in the show notes back to our website where you can easily share it with them. Second, subscribe so that you can be a part of the ongoing conversation on whatever app or website you're listening from. Big conversations become the catalyst for meaningful change. 
And if you happen to be listening on iTunes, please take a few moments to leave a rating and review. The last thing I'll leave you with is that we are building a community of conscious leaders to engage in big conversations and support the Free Your Inner Guru podcast. To find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash Laura Tucker or lauratucker.com slash support. I'd also like to express my gratitude to Nina and the crew at Radio Regent for sharing the recording with us. Until next time, I'm Laura Tucker, signing off for Free Your Inner Guru.